Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. Brought to you by MyPlates.com. Upgrade your license plate at MyPlates.com. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Good evening, gearheads. Welcome to Speed City. We are excited because we have a great show for you tonight. We saw an incredible Formula One race today and also some great MotoGP racing to wrap up the season. So we're going to talk about both of those. And we're also going to be joined in studio tonight by the fine folks at Ducati Austin to talk about the interesting end of the season for Ducati and what all the changes that are going on in Ducati MotoGP world and also about the new bikes that are coming out from Ducati that were oh, all announced. I sat there and watched the reveal this week and uh, it yeah, was, yeah it, was, it was fantastic. Yeah, I encourage you to go check it out. It's still available online to watch. Yeah, we'll find a link to that and tweet and it out. And by the way, the $80,000 version is sold out. Dang it! I had my checkbook ready. <laughs> the twelve ninety nine Super Legera. I just didn't have a bank account ready. <laughs> well, this is John Massengill. That's Les Kaiser. And Jonathan Green is not going to be joining us tonight because he's on his way to do the Macau Grand Prix. He ought to be almost there. Yeah, he's probably in the air about to land. But the Macau Grand Prix is an awesome deal. And he's done that every year for, I don't know, probably pushing 20 years. I think it's 18 years this year. Is it? I, didn't, I knew it was a lot. But, yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, apparently quite the event. I've talked to a few folks that have been there, and they say just the entire place. They said uh, one of the one of the uh, responses or, or descriptions was Las Vegas times five. Oh in yeah, a more concentrated area. <laughs> yeah, because you're right. Macau is is a giant gambling town, but the Grand Prix itself is is uh, multifaceted because it's got the Formula Three is kind of the right. premier event, but then it also has. A very close to being a premier event is the uh, the Motorcycle Grand Prix. And then they've got GT classes. They've got a whole bunch of classes. I love the idea of seeing all those different motorsports, you know, uh, genres, if you will, in one weekend, in one place. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's a big deal for race drivers because they come from all over the world to go to Macau. And there's been some huge names that have come out of there. Well, uh, for many of them, their season's just ended, their primary season. So it works out... Uh, you know, kind of the the after party of the season, their primary season. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, hey, let's let's talk about Formula One to start off with because we got. Can we to, get some help with this? We can get some help with this. We're gonna ha- we're gonna have Inga Strecka join us in just a second here because she is uh, as usual uh, staying up late for us. And, we you know, know people. We we do know people. In fact, there she is now. So let's go ahead and bring Inga Strecka on. Inga, welcome back to Speed City. I'm glad I do know you guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, to be honest, we're not good what at posting bail. <laughs> we're not good at posting bail. So anyway, that's what we call you for. Inga, what a race. Yeah. 
Amazing. I mean, after I remember, I d- it did bring back the memory to Montreal that one race where it took, I think, I think, I think we sat six hours or something like that. So now they have cut down the race time, including stops, to a maximum of four hours. We didn't reach that, but we got close. It did. In fact, I think it was uh, kind of to the point that they actually the clock was running out right simultaneously with the last lap. So they let him finish that lap. So, uh, yeah, yeah. That, that, of course. But also you have to then calculate in the two stops, which when when the race is red flagged, the, the clock is right. not running anymore. So that added to the whole time. Yeah, well, Les and I were sitting here trying to figure all that out because we we were both saying the same thing that you just said was that well, it used to be two hours. Then there's, the stops don't count, but but the, anyway, the bottom line was it made for some interesting racing. I, I don't know if you'd call it great racing, but it was there was definitely some great racing, like Verstappen coming through the crowd and yeah, uh, it was it end was, of the day, yeah. end of the day, have to say it. Yeah, and it will. So, what were the highlights for you, Inga? Well. um... I think the, the the real highlight is a that everybody made it safe and sound and nobody got hurt because there were some pretty big crashes like that Kimi Raikkonen crash on the start finish straight, yeah, turning around facing backwards and then ongoing cars coming, and the visibility was almost zero. Wow, that was that was really close. He had a big guardian angel there. Yeah, that could have been a disaster. And you know, Sebastian had almost the identical situation and he just threaded the needle through the pack passing by that was a really lucky yes. spot too yes yes and then and then erickson at the pit entry and for something coming shooting in there just about to avoid him boy that was close too well, another one of the stories, of course, was Haas F1 not having a very good day with Grosjean crashing out before the even, I mean, essentially yeah. right when he came out on the track and then not being able to get the car repaired because it was pretty much a disaster. But, you know, we saw the Gutierrez and Gunther Steiner little, uh, I say little argument, Gunther Steiner grabbed him by the arm and turned him around. I don't know. I have not heard exactly what Gutierrez said. I don't know. What do you know about that incident? Well, I don't know. I did see that Gutierrez was throwing his gloves in the corner when he got out of the car and he got into the garage. Um, of course, he's Mexican. He's had to, he has a temper. And I think uh, Gunter was just like calming him down. And um, I think that's that was the main thing of that situation. Well, I noticed something that looked like a hand gesture, too. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> right then, Gunther snapped him right quick and turned him around. Well, someone, someone from the team jumped right in front of everybody seeing it. I saw so, that. Uh, <laughs> that was a good defensive move, too. Yeah, that was pretty smart. You saw the smart. team sponsors and nothing else. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a good move. Yeah, and but you know, you can't blame a guy for being frustrated because he's being let go and replaced by Magnussen. Obviously, that's a huge story in Haas F1 land. And and right. uh, and you know, not being able to finish the race, uh, that's at least he's, you know, the, these guys are all serious competitors and you know that stuff's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and if you're saying like what else was um outstanding in this race, you should not forget Felipe Nasser in the Sauber. Yeah, they, it took them thirteen months, nine no twenty races to um, score their first points. Yeah, that is a big deal. You're right. There was a there was a bunch of good stories today with, uh, you know, with the rain always comes that uh, X factor of who right. knows what's going to happen, and uh, it started at the beginning and continued all the way through the race. To and, me, it was it was as if you know you were walking on ice all the time because. 
I did. Little, I was flinching with them. Rain, we wouldn't have had those those um, interruptions, those red flags. They would have been even more exciting. Exactly. I just, you know, myself, I was tense watching it, watching all these little slips. And then Max having that charge from back in the teens all the way onto the podium was nothing short of phenomenal. And that he actually managed it at first. I wasn't calling it smart, but he got to podium. So who am I to say? But going offline for nearly every bit of that to make those passes. Right. All yeah, the way that's a really good point. Yeah. He was choosing a different racing line than everybody else. And even Martin Brundle on the podium asked him, he said, you were going a different line. How would you do it? And Max was, oh, I was just doing it, like, you know, as he is. Um, and, um, and everybody was shaking their heads. And uh, a lot of the experts were saying, why did nobody else catch up on that? Why did nobody try the same thing? Uh, Rosberg did. Um, when Verstappen was actually attacking him. But nobody really caught on what Verstappen was doing. That was pretty brilliant. You know, Inga, I want to ask you, I, I couldn't help but think, and I'm certain a lot of people were thinking the same thing, is it how good he was in the reign of, of Ayrton Senna. You know, that was his, he was just untouchable in the reign. And the NBC commentators were talking about, I think it was uh, Steve Matchett talking about how that's how he judges uh, the real, the, the just the cream of the crop, the very best drivers are are like that. Are they're the very very best in the rain? And I know you've been around Formula One for a couple of decades. And how, how do you is that? Do you agree with that assessment of the drivers in the rain and their and that skill? It, well, I mean, you can't compare anybody to Senna. That's that's for sure. But um, if if they're good in the rain then that is definitely a rare talent and that is outstanding because the rain kind of makes a lot of the the technology irrelevant and it shows more the driver skills michael schumacher had a, some fabulous rain races i remember i think one was in barcelona where where you just look at it and then on top of that max does have sheer luck as well <laughs> i mean he has a huge talent he is clever he's doing good stuff red bull kind of i don't know i i still didn't get their tire um strategy but it worked out in the end but um he does have a lot of luck because he did have a snap as well and he admitted later that he almost lost the car but he didn't and and you know a lot of other people probably would have lost the car not just of driving talent but luck yeah, well, it's uh, it was incredible to watch Verstappen, no matter how you slice it, to come through the crowd like that. But you know, another big right. story, another big story is Felipe Massa, his last race there and his last season. Uh, what's your take on uh, on Felipe? I know he didn't have the greatest today, but uh, and I know you've watched him over the years. Oh my God, we were almost in tears. I mean, that march through pit lane, that was amazing. Like, you know, I felt really, really sorry for him. I really would have wanted him to do well in his final home Grand Prix. He is such an emotional guy. And he got out of the car and you could see him like tears in his eyes. He got the Brazilian flag out, held it up and all those 10,000 people cheering him on. That was amazing. And then he walked through pit lane and suddenly the whole Mercedes crew, the whole Ferrari crew, they all got off their seats outside the garages, stood in pit lane, standing ovations while Massa marched by. That was pretty amazing. You know, we've been with him in the paddock, and he is his a super friendly guy. Yeah. And, yes. you know, he's he's very approachable and very grateful. You, He tells you thank you for the interview. And that's, you <laughs> yeah. know, that's, yeah. that's not common, I'll say. 
I know someone else who used to do that, or who does that as well. Um, I haven't interviewed him for a while, but um, he I know he still does it. It's Alex Sonati. Huh. Yeah. He is like that too. Yeah, Felipe's got a big heart. He's such a lovely guy. I'm pretty sure we will see him racing again. Maybe I'll see him in DTM. Who knows? Yeah, well, I was hoping if I work. Now, come on. Yeah. <laughs> we want him over here, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but so, we got the best cars in DTM. You know, <laughs> Audis, BMWs, Mercedeses. We have Porsche. They're the champions, you know. Right. You have a German car there. Great. Okay. I love you, Inga, but no, I want him in FIA WEC. <laughs> All right. So some of the other, obviously some of the other big How stories. How much are you paying? <laughs> yeah. Les, are you going to hire him? And, and Can uh, I borrow your checkbook? <laughs> so the other big stories, of course, are uh, Mercedes. Lewis Hamilton once again won the race now and keeping it interesting and uh, you know, twelve points. It, yeah, twelve points. I mean, it, it's the same thing next week. Of course, if Rosberg wins, he's the champion. And of course, I, I don't know. I haven't looked at the stats yet, but it's going to be something like I think Rosberg's going to have to come in like off the podium. For... Oh, I've done. I've done the math. Oh, there she oh, is. Okay, good, uh, good. I, I wrote it down. I'm, I can't do it top of the head. So, okay, if Rosberg makes the podium, he's champion, regardless. If he comes in fourth, fifth, or sixth, Hamilton can be a maximum second place. Then Rosberg is champion. Of course, I'm I'm looking at it from the German perspective, of course, right? <laughs> if, um, we expect nothing less. It, yeah, right. If Rosberg is seventh or eighth, Hamilton can maximum be third. If Rosberg comes in ninth or tenth, Hamilton can be maximum fourth. And here's the cool thing: if Rosberg doesn't score. Uh, and Hamilton is maximum fourth, he's still champion, because they would have the same amount of points, 367, huh. but and the same amount of race wins, nine wins, but Rosberg would have had more second places. Oh, okay, yeah. The tiebreakers. Interesting. That would be, that would be pretty amazing, I think. That would be justice to the season. Yeah. Well, well the, uh, you know, we've talked about the rest of the group, and, you know, Daniel Ricciardo's got third wrapped up. But uh, fourth and fifth, you know, last week we talked about fourth, fifth, sixth. But this this week it's narrowed down to Sebastian and Max after that phenomenal drive today. Uh, those guys are only five points apart. And so uh, fourth and fifth is going to be a good battle as well as first and second. It's going to be fun to watch. And especially those two as they love each other so much, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I recognize German sarcasm. Uh, well, well, Inga Strecker. Well, you know that's, that's new because normally people say we don't have a sense of humor. <laughs> that's right. You guys are you're doing it. You're breaking the mold, Inga. We appreciate it. I hope we are not show. a bad influence. <laughs> that's your influence, right? right. Well, Inga, we've got to go to the break. about Trish Stoppen's overtaking. <laughs> Inga, will you make that last F1 race yourself? Yes, Yes, I will. Awesome. Can't wait. I'm, well, well, I'm, you know, there's one particular thing I'm really looking forward to. Abu Dhabi, Sunday evening, Amber Lounge. The party, the must-be place. The party of the season. Well, Inga, yes. thank you for coming on the show. we got to go to break. Thank you so much, Inga Strecka, as usual, with the fantastic insight on Formula One. And we can't wait to talk to you after the final race of the season. Travel safe. Yeah, you have to catch me before I go to that party. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. A little microphone lube at the party could be interesting. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Inga. Right. Talk to you soon. Yeah, take care. Cheers. Bye.
All right, well, we got to take a break. You're listening to Speed City Live from Austin, Texas. When we come back, we're talking MotoGP and the new Ducatis. The 57 Chevy, a Rembrandt painting, the little black dress. When you're a classic, you never go out of style. And now, MyPlates.com proudly announces the return of the classic black Texas license plate for the first time since 1968, featuring a cooler, timeless look and a bolder style. Visit MyPlates.com today to order this legendary classic black Texas license plate for your car or truck. Classic black is back at MyPlates.com. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know it keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in Dan Easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at MotoAustin.com. Not everyone enjoys the specialty car selling process. If you've got a classic car or a sports car you want to sell, but you don't know where to start, or maybe you don't want to deal with the hassle of test drives, then let Mosin Motor Cars take care of the make-ready process for selling your car. The experts at Mosin Motor Cars take the pain away. Leave it to their high-quality expertise to prepare your car for sale, put it on display, meet the buyers, and handle all the paperwork. And that's just one more way to drive yourself happy at MosinMotorCars.com. Talk 1370. The right choice. I think I'm going to Kathmandu. So Andy Prio driving for Ford Chip Ganassi Racing, and this is Speed City. Get out of here. Welcome back to Speed City. That was Andy Prio driving that Lamar winning Ford GT. Yeah, he knows his way around a few tracks. Maybe he'll recruit Felipe Massa. Ah, there you go. That's a good idea. I'm sorry. i got to beat Inga at this. I want Felipe on FIA <laughs> Wack. He's too much fun to have around. You know, that, not seem, to have the- that seems to be the place for most of the Formula 1 drivers. It's probably, I don't know, it's probably the best money and, and certainly a high level of competition. Well, you know, you're talking, you know, a lot fewer races. It, uh, the environment is quite honestly a lot friendlier amongst the paddock when you're there. Yeah, and you know, you you got know I can't major... speak. I can't speak for DTM, but you know, it's still a worldwide championship. Yeah, all of those. It's really big. DTM is a cool series as well. But uh, and you know, they've got the the major manufacturer representation in WEC, although that's a movable movable piece yeah. right now because with Audi Notice stepping she out. she didn't say Porsche. I had to. Uh, yeah, that was funny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, let's talk some two wheels because we just got joined in studio by Mark Harries of Ducati Austin. Mark, welcome to Speed City. Hey, guys. Glad to be here. Well, we're excited to have you because we know that you know the Ducatis forward and back, and I think we want to jump into the uh, the MotoGP, the race today, and the season. Great season for Ducati. And uh, had, let me ask you this. You would know better, on, as good as anybody on the planet, the old adage of win on Sunday, you know, sell on Monday. How does that do for Ducati? 
Well, we're closed on Monday, so. <laughs> okay, Tuesday. Hey, can we make appointments to buy a motorcycle? Is that all right? <laughs> Thank you, Texas Blue Laws, for that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, I think uh, for sure the big manufacturers, the Japanese manufacturers, absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, I was talking to some customers this week who uh, were talking about and even the difference between World Superbike and MotoGP, they don't know the difference. They just see that big logo on the side of the bike and they go to the showroom and say, I want that one. I yeah. want the one that won this weekend. Well, we don't actually sell the MotoGP. I don't care. It won. I want it. Yeah. You come pretty close, though. They are sold out right now yeah, again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, I mean, these manufacturers, yes, in the olden days, you would get, you know, the Enzo Ferraris of the world and, and the Dr. Porsches and, and on the motorcycle side, people that raced out of passion. Now it's all corporate. You know, they, yeah. they're racing to sell product and to build and reinforce their brand. Uh, and that's especially too f- true for Ducati because Ducati is a sporting racing brand. That's their DNA. That's their heritage. Yeah. That's their core. And they infuse that into the entire product line. Even their quote unquote cruiser, you know, has sporting DNA in the in the body. Oh, absolutely. And and folks, you know, I told you all a couple weeks ago, if you're coming for MotoGP, come a couple days early. Yeah. Come join me at Ducati Austin for the coolest kickoff party of MotoGP week. Yeah, I get that, to MC the team events with Mark and all the gang there and see the cars. The guy that was taking the delivery of his bike and got the two riders to autograph it on their way out the door. Yeah, How the cool is that? His- Not only did I pick up my bike, they already autographed it. <laughs> Yeah, that doesn't get any better. The, every year, you guys have all the riders and who knows else who shows up at that thing. It's really amazing. Yeah, well, thank you. You know, and the big question for us, and, we, you know, when we're a little local mom-and-pop franchisee, and Ducati, of course, is Ducati Italy, Ducati North America, Ducati Corsa, those are all sort of separate entities within the larger Ducati umbrella. So we're very fortunate that Ducati partners with us to support the little, the little local guys and bring the team out. So the big question for us this year, or for 17 is will jorge come to the party i mean we've had uh, we've yeah had both. we've had ionone we've had dovi we've had ben spees you know we've had cal crutchlow will we get jorge at, oh, the, at the party i yeah. can't imagine we gotta let him know not, he's you know? expected and if he's gonna be anyway but yeah <laughs> you know it is but folks i'm serious it is one of the coolest things get here a couple days early for that uh you know, somebody took the delivery of their bike, joined in the Red Snake ride directly to to the track the next day. How cool is that? Y'all dug it, y'all got a lot of cool stuff going on. It, yeah, but, uh, I mean, MotoGP for us again. We we're we're a small shop and we're driven by passion. We're all riders. We're all enthusiasts. We're you know lifetime riders. You know, MotoGP is as fun an event for us as it could possibly be and then the fact that we get to actually participate in it and not just spectate makes it even more fun and then you know we've got ducati ducati people the ducatisti uh the fans of ducati are the best fans and the best customers in the world and they love to come out and celebrate you know the ducati the ducatisti is a part of the team in the ducati culture so they're very much embraced in that way well, and like you, I think one of the reasons is because what you said earlier, Yamaha and Honda and all these Suzuki, they're, they're huge manufacturers, and they can't put that racing DNA in every, all their bikes. The, the, the range of bikes is just too broad. But Ducati, you're everything about every bike, the DNA somehow comes back to racing. And I think that that passion from, for the sport just goes through into all the, all the bikes and all the fans of the bikes. Well, you know, comparisons are made quite often to Porsche. 
you know, Porsche is a sports car company, and that's in their DNA. But when they make an SUV or they make a four-door sedan, you know, there's still Porsche DNA. It's still a good handling sporting vehicle, and, and that's sort of, you know, uh, Ducati's approach as well. It really is. You know, I, I've certainly put a lot of mileage on the Diavels. And uh, I love it. And I and I was getting picked on by a Harley, and uh, he, I ended that statement right quick. <laughs> with, a, with a fading dot in the rear view mirror. Yeah. But, uh, man, what a day for racing, though, today from Ducati. It was an emotional day, in fact. So uh, Yeah, absolutely. You know, the battles with Iannone and Valley were, were great today. There was so much battle. Ducati had the grunt. Uh, you know, Valley had the finesse, that uh, the veteran that he does. It was something else to me to watch that go back and forth. I really enjoyed that. You know, certainly with Jorge, uh, he kind of broke out and was gone. But uh, that was great. And just in seeing those two, because I've really been paying a lot more attention to Jorge since he's going to wear red next year. Right. right. Well, I mean, a lot of things interesting about this wrap up today. Uh, First of all, the the, uh, Rossi Iannone battle as as we'll say you know remember a year ago uh when rossi and and we're big rossi fans we love rossi he's the goat you know all that stuff uh and big fans and would love to see him hang a number 10 uh before he finally retires we'll see but remember a year ago all that controversy and all the you know off track you know finger pointing about you know you cut me off or you did this or you did that so these two have a very aggressive battle but they're friends and they're Italians. Mm-hmm. So it's all pats on the back and, oh, it was such a good battle with you today kind of thing. <laughs> so, you know, interesting, the, the politics of it. Uh, the other part, yeah, it's a, it's a big uh, end of sort of uh, end of a chapter for Ducati and the turning of a page for Ducati. Uh, you know, they've struggled. They've had their best year in MotoGP this year in, you know. A decade. Uh, I think we had made a couple notes. We had, I think, either nine or ten podiums this year, which is huge for yeah, uh, huge. Because uh, remember, Ducati is sort of a grain of sand on the beach on the beach of Honda, right. Yamaha, etc. Well, uh, the, the, you know, to me, Iannone is a controversial guy. You know, last year he was here and he took out Pedrosa in turn one here at Circuit of America, right. things like that. And so I know there's a, a lot of mix, but uh, today he showed some emotion. I, th- I thought it was really nice. Let, let's hear what Ian Oni had said about that. I think for me, it's, uh, this race is very, very difficult because I have uh, a lot of pay from half race. And when I look my my butt and I check 16 lap, whoa, I think no, it's impossible because I have a lot of pay. But but, uh, but uh, I'm focused a lot and ride very, very well. But uh, for me, it's a little bit difficult because uh, for the breaking point, the bike is very good, but I don't have uh, uh, energy for braking very hard. And uh, during inside the corner, the bike don't have a good speed and the Yamaha is better than me, no? But uh, I think a lot, I stay in front and I ride uh, in my pace. I relax a little bit, reduce the, the pace. And uh, and when uh, Vale uh, pass me, overtake me, I uh, acceleration a little, a little bit more for overtake another time. I think it's a very great, a good battle with him. Uh, so for me, this podium is very, very important because I come back just one race before. And uh, I think, uh, thank you Ducati, thank you for, for all this year, for all this support. Uh, I'm very, very happy. And uh, I think I remember this moment and this year for my life. 
So, uh, you know, that was a good that was a nice goodbye. Yeah. You know, I think we're seeing out of the maniac, quote unquote, uh, I think we're seeing some maturity. And I think he, he has evolved and he's going to continue to evolve. I, you know, it's it's super classy, you know, and, and wonderful in his last race for Ducati. And Ducati's been good for him and he's been good for Ducati to, to, to go out on the podium and go out in style and go out with a good memory and, and say, I'll remember this my whole life. Uh, you know, and I know the Italians, you know, he's an Italian and we're always going to be supportive of him and wish him luck. But, you know, Let's move on to the future. You bet. Uh, you know, there was a lot of discussion earlier in the season when it, when Ducati, when it was announced that Jorge was coming over, but they hadn't announced who was going to leave yet between Dovi and Iannone. And yeah. a yeah. lot of... We'll have to talk about those numbers in a minute. That, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, that was a, that's a good story, too. We need to take a break. And uh, we are going to talk about that peaceful transfer of power from uh, Jorge Lorenzo going to Ducati. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in to Speed City. We'll be back after just a quick break and uh, from the messages from the sponsors. Thanks. Hi, I am an official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I'm here to say it's time to get personal, people. Tell the world who you are with a personalized plate from MyPlates.com, like me. I'm talking favorite color, favorite team, favorite charity, and, of course, favorite state, Texas. Add your own message, and then the magic really happens. I'm the official Texas license plate from MyPlates.com, and I want to be your license plate. Go to MyPlates.com and order me today. Now that's what I'm talking about. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane. Want to drive your car at speed on Circuit of the Americas? Edge Addicts is your source for more Coda events and more Coda track time. Whether you're looking to host your own event or just be a part of the action, Edge Addicts can get you in the driver's seat and racing like a pro. All levels of drivers and all types of cars are welcome, with instructors available for first-time and novice drivers. Life is short, and adventure is around every corner. So plan your high-adrenaline experience with Edge Addicts at edgeaddicts.com. Edge Addicts, it's better when you're driving. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. The boys of summer have nothing on the gridiron gang of fall. There's the snap, there's the throw, and it is knocked away! We just took it 28 to 21! Hear every thrilling moment on the Texas A&M Sports Network. Austin's home for Texas A&M football. Talk 1370, the right choice. Presented by Paige Tractors. Talk 1370, the right choice. The following is a paid commercial program. Views and opinions expressed are those of the host or their guests and are not necessarily those of Talk 1370 or Intercom Communications. 
Hello, I'm Felipe Massa, and this is Speed City. There we go, Felipe Massa. Hey, you know, he got a good interview. Let, let's try to squeeze that in at the end. Yeah, we did. We got a clip of that. But let's let's continue on this Ducati discussion with Mark Harris from Ducati Austin because when uh, when it was announced early in the season that Jorge Lorenzo was coming to Ducati, uh, there was the discussion which uh, Andrea is going to leave. Right. And when that was chosen, there was some controversy there, wasn't there? Sure. Well, and there were, I don't remember how many weeks it, w- it was after the Jorge announcement. There was a, and, and I don't even know what kind of drama was going on internally between yeah. the, the riders themselves, yeah. you know, who, you know, which one of us is going to go. And they've been good teammates together. And again, they're Italians together, all that. Anyway, what to me, honestly, it was a pretty easy decision after seeing what happened in turn one here at Coda, and then he actually took, you know, uh, and only took out Dovey in, in one race itself, and it's like, I think we got our answer. Yeah, well, yeah, and again, they don't call him the maniac for nothing. You know, he, he self-titles himself as yeah, the maniac. Right. But the counter-argument at the time was, you know, maybe Dovey's, you know, just sort of uh, heading o- over the, 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 the hill. Uh, and Iannone was the young, and, and we saw today even in the interview, you know, his maturity. That, and, and the, you know, the future will is still to be written, how it plays out with Iannone. But at the end of the day, especially with the season being done today, here's the point score totals. Dovey has 171 points for the season, and Iannone only has 112. I think that's an easy argument to win. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it, that's what they're there for. So it's hard to argue with that decision. Point, and, and I think that uh, Dovey and Jorge will work well together. I think they're, they're similar enough. Their styles are, are similar enough. You know, Dovey is not a maniac. Uh, and we know, of course, that Jorge is absolutely, you know, uh, almost robotic. Methodical. Methodical. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think it's going to be a good pairing. And that's part of it, too. I mean, we've certainly seen at Yamaha. Uh, I mean, there's almost a silo between the two guys. You know, they're 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 under the same banner of Yamaha, but they're not really teammates. That's a good point. Yeah, that's true. You know, we, I mean, we saw some graciousness today and some hugs and all that, but you know, there's been a lot of acrimony in, in those paddocks. So, what about Jorge Lorenzo coming to Ducati with? Uh, there's such a different. You know, all the manufacturers' bikes are so different, but I always think of Ducati as. Uh, a little more different than Yamaha and Honda. For one, they seem to have the most power, but they historically maybe have not been quite as refined or balanced or something and i can't i don't know well, let's 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 call it as it is they've been difficult to ride i mean the the world's best riders haven't been able to conquer the ducati uh it's <laughs> it's been tough but you know ducati's evolved a lot remember too when uh rossi was there and when Nikki hayden coming off his yeah. world championship were there you know ducati was still independent back then and then very early in the ownership under the the audi group uh so we've had some more resources to put into the bikes to really develop point, them yeah. much more aggressively. So the bike that Jorge will be getting on next year isn't the bike that Rossi mounted, you know, years ago, five six years ago. Right. So yes, it's sort of a comparison, and and, and part of uh, Jorge's motivation has been I want to do what Rossi couldn't. I want to win a world championship on Ducati, so he can sort of you know put that stake in the ground. But to be really fair, the bike has evolved a lot. He may well, and, and I look even further than that. And that's to uh, kind of the the corporate home of both of those, you know, of all those brands. You've got uh, quite obviously the Japanese, you know, homes for those, and now you've got the Italian. And you know, it's interesting. I don't know how it plays out, but you know, Paolo Chapati and that team are really welcoming 
to the fans. And I honestly don't see that when I go to the Honda or the Yamaha fan events. It's very different. No, absolutely. And, and, you know, Ducati sort of has to approach it that way. They have to embrace the fan base because we don't, we, Ducati, we don't sell cars and lawnmowers and generators (laughs) and violins and pianos. We just sell motorcycles. And we we have to be, you know, we're sort of deep rather than wide. And and that's not a criticism. Uh, It's just different business models. Just reality of the way those, yeah. Sure. You know, obviously those other brands are super, super successful. Well, that's true. And, you know, we've talked about it before. If you were just strictly looking at a horsepower number and this bike rides good, it might be hard to argue that any more than a Porsche against a, you know another brand. Right. But there's a heart and soul to the to that brand and the people behind it that uh, really communicate and really connect with the the audience really well in both of those brands, Porsche and Ducati. Well, it, you know, we're sitting here in Texas, not far from from A and M, where they've got you know the twelfth man. You know, where the fans are part of the team. They're integral to the success of the team and the motivation and the passion and the drive of the team. And I think that's a, a corollary to Ducati's approach with the I fan base. I think you base. just raised Les's blood pressure because the Longhorns <laughs> lost this weekend. Sorry. Uh, but, you know, going back that's to— That's right. I'm used to them losing. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Haggies haven't been doing much better lately. Speaking of—but I'm going to go back to Jorge because, you know what, when you were talking about him— doing better than Rossi and him coming to Ducati under the new Audi ownership with a little more resources. It kind of reminds me of 2012 when Lewis Hamilton was coming, was moving to Mercedes because from McLaren to Mercedes, the actual engine builder. Yeah. Now, not exactly, but just, just the point that everybody was thinking, are you crazy? But he was crazy like a Fox. Right. And who knows, maybe Jorge Lorenzo is thinking the same thing. It's like, because, you know, he, I guarantee you when they're approaching him, they're telling him things like, hey, by the way, things are a little better than they used to be. We're going to have the bikes refined or whatever the language is. But uh, th- there may be some of that as well. You know, absolutely. I mean, a guy like Jorge, it's, it's not about the money. It's about the championships. And he wouldn't go, especially after seeing what happened with Rossi and what happened with Nikki. He wouldn't go if he didn't have a very high uh, probability and, and, and feeling that he was, again, the bike was going to be right. The team was going to be right. The environment was going to be right, all that stuff. You know, the conventional wisdom when a guy or gal, guy makes a, a team change, car or motorcycle is, well, it's going to take a year to develop the car, develop the bike, you know, and we'll, so, so this is going to be a development year and we'll, you know, we're going to write this one off. Well, Rossi today said, you know, you'd be stupid to write uh, Jorge off next year. He did. I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. good. And Jorge, you know, uh, a class act, another class act, and uh, he had a couple things to say about about the end of his Yamaha years. Uh, let's hear what Jorge Lorenzo said on that. Very happy, very, very, very happy. Uh, now I can I can stay quiet. I can relax. I can sleep uh, deep because I I had the perfect end, no? If my in my stage of stage of Yamaha in all these nine years, very emotional. Uh, before the race, I didn't expect to win because I knew market was very strong. But uh, luckily, I could open this gap at the beginning and then uh, maintain a little bit the distance. Uh, I suffered so much the last ten laps because when I saw market in second. Place. I knew he was gonna attack and, and, and push, at the, uh, push for the limit, but finally, just uh, for one second, I could win the, the race and, and make this last last present to Yamaha. So today we were we're gonna have a big celebration. 
Alrighty, those clips are from Dorna and MotoGP. But uh, yeah, big celebration. I think he's going to celebrate today and then again on Tuesday because Tuesday he officially wears red. Right, yeah. right. But but again, a class act, uh, you know, a, a, a good present to Yamaha. He spent his entire uh, premier class career at Yamaha, I think nine years. Uh, so this is a big, this is a big emotional day for him. And there was, yeah. uh, you know, a lot of success. You know, again, some acrimony. Some, you know, last year, even though he won the world championship, he wasn't necessarily getting the limelight that, that maybe he and others felt he deserved. So I understand why he's making a change. But again, it, 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 he's, a, he's showing some maturity, just like Iannone today. Again, a gift. I'm on the podium for my team that's been very good to me. Yes, I move on, but I want to thank them. For, so both those guys are showing yeah. some maturity You know, today. last year, I think part of last year around Jorge not getting more exposure, more accolades, was the whole Marquez and Rossi battle that just seemed to go on and just seemed to poison the rest of the thing i mean we all did just start watching those two every time they got within a space of each other we were watching them to see somebody's going to get karate chopped or whatever the case was and meanwhile guys like you know jorge or pedrosa just went to work and did the job and who knows maybe the some of that that limelight that he didn't get and like you said he wants to prove that he can do what rossi couldn't Maybe there's part of that competitor in him that's going, look, I won a world championship and I still didn't get recognition. What if I go to Ducati and do what no one has ever done before? And maybe, you know, in recent history anyway. Exactly. No, and that'll that'll sort of, uh, you know, rise his star and shut up the critics. Uh, you know, the other thing I, I want to say about Jorge, and I'm I'm cautiously optimistic. And again, we know he is absolutely a uh, again robotic and I mean that as as the the, the highest compliment right. or the way he rides. He's he's a machine. Consistency is it's huge. A- absolutely. But he's also not been again, let's let's be frank. He's not been Mr. Personality out there. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, you know, you get a guy like He gets like, the job done. He gets the job done, but I, th- I in my view to be a global superstar in any athletic endeavor you've got to serve the fans you've got to be the fan favorite yep, i agree uh you know if you want to you know michael phelps or you know pick any sport you think of the greatest they've been exceptional exceptional on the field of battle but they've also been uh uh energizing and and role models and enthusiastic for the fan base uh and jorge hasn't been that to date uh, but again, you know, I think today with his, you know, it's a nice present for, for Yamaha on my way out. I, I think I think part of his coming to Ducati, I hope, uh, is that he breaks out of just being a uh, focused rider and 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 smiles more and embraces the fan base and and also realizes again he's in i think what is it'll be his 10th season in the premier league enjoy it a little bit you know uh, i mean yeah. god knows rossi's always smiling marquez is always smiling those guys are so happy to be where they are you know marquez early in his career rossi late in his career let's see jorge not just you know kick butt on the bike but but really become a fan favorite and i think that'll that'll really tie up the whole package on the ducati team so you know to be determined but that's what i hope it's a good point though about those other guys excellent that's, yeah that's and you know even social media we social media of the f1 crowd has been a big topic this year motor gp you know we see it with rossi and we see it with marquez they're pretty good on social media uh jorge doesn't seem to much care or put anything out it feels like comparatively yeah i mean you know i'd love to see you know rossi on a box of wheaties mm-hmm. you don't think of jorge as a wheaties kind of guy yet <laughs> yeah uh, but 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 here's hoping 
Yeah. Yeah. Grape nuts, pure nutrition. <laughs> That's it. That's it. It's all business. All right. Well, we're going to take another break, but since we have uh, the local Ducati dealer, Mark Harris, in the studio, we're going to talk about the new Ducatis. I think he brought samples. Well, that, I'm, I'm assuming he wasn't going to show up without something for us to ride, but we'll have to see. <laughs> Stay tuned after the break. Listen to Speed City live from Austin, Texas. Everybody needs somebody to love. Welcome to Name Your License Plate. I'm Biff Biffington. All right, Mary Lou, for the cash, the trip, and a new car, name your license plate. Easy. My plate is ADD24. ACL, ATM, ABC, ACDC, AAA. I can't remember my plate. You should have gotten a personal Texas plate from MyPlates.com. They're so memorable. And I could have saved 40% with a five-year commitment. Be a winner in order your personalized license plate from MyPlates.com. Not everyone enjoys the specialty car selling process. You've got a classic car or a sports car you want to sell, but you don't know where to start, or maybe you don't want to deal with the hassle of test drives. Then let Mosin Motor Cars take care of the make-ready process for selling your car. The experts at Mosin Motor Cars take the pain away. Leave it to their high-quality expertise to prepare your car for sale, put it on display, meet the buyers, and handle all the paperwork. And that's just one more way to drive yourself happy at MosinMotorCars.com. The racetrack, it's where legends are born, where only the finest machines earn their reputation for innovation and dominance. Such are the nameplates you'll find at Aston Martin of Austin, Lotus of Austin, Bentley Austin and Rolls-Royce Motorcars. Austin exotic, iconic automobiles whose racing heritage turns everyday driving into an inspiring journey because you're never just along for the ride. Highway 183 north of McNeil Road. Precision Camera and Video is the largest camera store in Texas with over 10,000 square feet and packed with all the latest manufacturer offerings. Founded in 1976 and still owned and operated by its founders Jerry and Rosemary Sullivan, Precision Camera is committed to the finest customer experience. With hand-picked products and on-hand experts, you won't find a more helpful, knowledgeable and accommodating sales staff for quality service. Come see for yourself Precision Camera and Video, 2438 West Anderson Lane made the right choice. Talk 1370. Hi, this is Jeff Gordon, and you're listening to Speed City. That was old Jeff Gordon when he was here at Formula One, wasn't it? This yeah. was a couple weeks or a few weeks ago. Yeah, I talked to uh, Jeff and his wife there. They were having a good time. They've uh, been around it quite a bit. They, they do enjoy it. Yeah, I was thinking about Formula One today because it went on delayed for so long, essentially delaying the NASCAR as they <laughs> as they transition to NASCAR. I just I, I won't just, even have to comment. If you've listened to Speed City, you know my comment that I didn't just say. <laughs> well, I'm just wondering. I I uh, I mean, we like NASCAR too. It's yeah. Just I just wonder how many people didn't flip the channel after watching Formula One and flip over to NASCAR. I don't know. Yeah, it was rain-related, the comment would have been. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. Hey, NASCAR so doesn't drive in the rain, I know. <laughs> MotoGP rides in the rain. Ducati's run in the rain. <laughs> Let's talk about the new ones here. Yeah, Mark. Mark Harris of Ducati Austin's with us, and we want to talk about all the new Ducatis. I mean, I know that the uh, the, the flagship that came out, the 360-pound, 215-horsepower, 1299 Superleggera. I know that's the unobtainium, I mean, $80,000 motorcycle. Right. Yes, it's incredible. It's fun to talk about. 
but like you like you were saying earlier, they're basically sold out. And it's like an Enzo Ferrari, you can't just go get one anymore. <laughs> but I'm yeah. glad. I love the fact that they build this thing. I mean, Absolutely. it is amazing. It was, look, it, it's fun to look at and talk about and watch race and you know. No kidding. Y'all have probably sold the biggest population. When I was out at the Ducati track day out here, mm-hmm. there was a whole collection of them. Yep. And the guys were like, yeah, we got it here in town, but I live off somewhere else. I mean, and there were like four of them all lined up there. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, we bring it here. Well, and the other commentary on that is that the the, the people, the guys mostly, that, that buy that Pike, the Superleggera, and this is the one coming out now is the second Superleggera, which means super light. And it's a it's a, the actually engineers gone wild is what that bike's all about. The guys that buy them, they don't put them in a in an office under a spotlight. Mm-mm. They take them to the track. These guys oh, had yeah. a, cool. one of the guys had a spare set of wheels and tires sitting there and he had just all this other gear. He had I mean, he looked like he was ready for MotoGP, quite honestly. Yeah. Tire warmers on it. Everything. Yeah. So, and again, I mean, and that's that's part of the thing. So, and and yes, the new one, eighty thousand bucks, a lot of money. I mean, in my world, I measure everything by two tacos for ninety nine cents. So that's <laughs> that's a lot of two tacos. <laughs> but when you consider what you're getting and and the comparable, I mean, you know, how, how much was an Enzo or a La Ferrari if if you had the means and if you could get one? So really, you're getting that level and and even more of technology of. Uh, bleeding edge, not even cutting edge, bleeding exclusivity. edge, exclusivity mm-hmm. at, at a really kind of a bargain if you if you exist in that rare air financially. Right. There's and you know here's something that's really cool is I got to look at the data feed because it collects its own data and you can download it to your PC and review your your own personal data. You know there's several bikes out there doing this, but I haven't seen anybody to the degree that. The Panigale is doing on this, the, the Superleggera. So uh, you're right; it's a whole nother world. But you know, there there is one that's got my eye, and it's not unobtainable. And <laughs> the new Scrambler Cafe Racer, right? Oh, Check yeah. that out. You got to go back and watch this week's reveal with uh, Claudio, the CEO of Ducati. But uh, well, you've got some of the info on it. Well, and actually, let, let me back up to Cla- to the Superleggera just very yeah. quick, and, and and Claudio. So Claudio Domenicali is the CEO of Ducati Motor Holding. He's the he's the top guy, uh, and he's a company guy. He's University, I think, of Milan Engineering. Started with the company decades ago. Was a junior engineer. Was a senior engineer. Was a race engineer. Ran the Corsa department. Ran Ducati Design, and eventually when Audi bought it, tap, they tapped him to run the company. We so, met him here. Uh, he was here out at yep. Coda during the uh, Panigale R debut, the first Panigale R. Right. He was here and had Nikki sitting there and uh, Ben Spees and a, a few others all pacing around. So, I mean, and, he's and, and that I, involved that he comes and gets involved. Absolutely. Uh, and I consider Domenicali kind of the Bob Lutz of motorcycles. <laughs> cool. You know, those of you know Bob Lutz, I mean, he's yeah. a oh, yeah. car guy. He's the you know, maximum Bob. Sure, he's yeah. always yeah. about the, the actual product, not the corporate baloney, but really, you know, the enthusiast guy, the car guy, the design guy. And Domenicali is the same way. So anyway, when the first Superleggera was announced three years ago, I think, at the dealer meeting, we all signed top secret non-disclosures, leave your phone in a lockbox and go in. (laughs) And so we're we're going through the entire presentation of the day. And he's up there being the CEO and the Audi people are there and he's got a, you know, he's wearing his suit. He's going through his PowerPoint deck and he's saying, you know, here's our market share and here's how we compare to the relevant market. Blah, blah, blah. He's going through the motions and he's doing fine. We take a little coffee break. We come back. He says, now I have something very special. They put up a slide 
of all the of all the parts on the Superleggera that were unique to it compared to the 1299, the regular Panigale. Yeah. All the magnesium, all the titanium, the lightened pistons, <laughs> the CNC machine pieces, the carbon fiber, all that stuff. They put up this big poster, and there's like you know, 300 parts that are unique purely to the Superleggera. Wow. And Dominicali, the engineer, and the boy. <laughs> came out. He he stood, I swear to God, he stood an inch and a half taller on stage. His <laughs> eyes sparkled like he, he is, had his first crush uh, of a girl. And he was so excited to talk about this bike. And that was, you know, the first pen, uh, the first Super Bowl. Right, right. For this year, the same thing, same exact over. And, and he talked about how amazing the first one was. And then he said, you know, our mandate on this was literally engineers, Go, go wild what what's your dream what what you know and you take the bike that's already the most exotic that we could make where can you go even further <laughs> so and again i hate to talk about a bike that's unobtainable nah. and sold out but it but it gets all of us geeks it'll excited. be on the poster yeah uh, in my garage i've got to replace it carbon fiber subframe carbon fiber swing arm huh. carbon fiber wheels I mean, the bike, the motor is the monocoque, uh, and the rest of it, you know, the motor hangs all this carbon fiber. I mean, the thing is ridiculously amazing. John, look at this. If he was a little bit shorter and a lot balder, he'd look just like Claudio. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the sparkle. <laughs> it is. It is so cool. I mean, the technical. And, you know, John especially dives into those things. It's just Crazy and, cool. and, 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 you know, I'm I'm a street guy, you know, at, at our shop, everybody else on the team are track day guys that some of them race, you know, they've got their CMRA licenses, some of them, you know, everybody does track days. I'm really the most street guy of the bunch. I just want to go out in the country and get barbecue and pie. <laughs> uh, but but I get excited by the technology, by the, the pushing the envelope. So moving but moving on. So so on the one hand, Ducati's released this crazy space shuttle of a motorcycle <laughs> but on the other end of of both style and price and accessibility you know we've had the scrambler brand and it's really a sub brand for ducati uh, uh wrapped around accessibility and fun uh and, and and rideability for everybody uh we've got two new scramblers this year the coolest one in my view is the new cafe racer uh and what they've done well they've got two new ones the cafe racer which is as the name implies you know, clip-on handlebars and and a, a humpback seat and uh, you know all the styling you'd expect of a classic sort of '70s Euro cafe right. racer. Uh, and then on the other end, they've got a new new uh, scrambler called the Desert Sled, which is uh, uh, in homage to Steve McQueen's old Desert Sled huh. back in the day. Uh, neat. And Desert Sleds originally were just big displacement dirt bikes. Yeah. Uh, so, and what's interesting about these two scramblers, uh, besides the sort of the, the extreme styling and sort of the, the purposefulness of them, is they've actually got upgraded uh, mechanics to them. So the suspension is upgraded on the Cafe Racer. It's got a smaller front wheel. So they've not, it's not just sort of badge engineering, as they would say, but there's really substance to, to the model. The Desert Sled, on the other hand, has uh, uh, stronger suspension, long travel, dirt bike tires. Uh, you know, it's really been re-engineered for the purpose uh so those are you know on the on the scrambler side and again at you know <laughs> way fewer two tacos for 99 cents than yeah. the uh than the super legera yeah what are the price range on those uh you know uh, eleven thousand bucks 
for yeah. for the, the the sled in the cafe, eleven and change. I wasn't ignoring you. I was looking at photos of all of them and then just drooling. <laughs> of course, I'm still stuck on the cafe racer, and, and you know, <laughs> quite honestly, part of it is the color scheme of the one. It, go to go check it out on the Ducati website or. Come to Ducati Austin and Breaker Lane and check it out yourself. Black with gold trim. This is like totally after my Lotus love of 78. There you go. <laughs> Speaking of Mario Andretti. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, no, and, and by the way, uh, all the new bikes, so the International Motorcycle Shows are starting back up for this year. And all the Ducati product, uh, at least here in Texas, will be at the Dallas IMS show in January. And oh, so, and yeah. the IMS is around the country. So as the product comes out, I think one or two of the new bikes won't be at the very first show, but soon enough in the rest of the IMS schedule, all the new products will be there to see. I love that it looks kind of like the Steve McQueen bike. I'm looking at these photos, <laughs> the coolest, probably the coolest movie star ever in the his- history. But, well, we gotta, we got to wrap it up. Mark Harris from Ducati Austin, we really appreciate you coming on the show. I swear this is not some big, long commercial. we we got one of the coolest dealers in the country right here in Austin. And uh, when you come Best to place m- to get your MotoGP souvenir uh, exactly, on two wheels. Exactly. But, uh, yeah, and uh, Mark, we uh, we appreciate you coming on, and uh, we do appreciate you guys being sponsors of the show and everything. And, obviously, uh, uh, every MotoGP year uh, event is a huge event for you guys, and, and we'll make sure that we point people your direction. Well, we, we appreciate it, and we're huge fans of what you guys do. All right, Thank well, you. we're wrapping it up. We appreciate it. Les, you got one more thing? No, that's it. Travel right. safe, guys. It's a great riding weekend. Watch out for our bike riders. All right, check us out on the web, speedcitybroadcast.com. We have new content all the time. Also, check us out on Facebook and Twitter. Facebook is Speed City Broadcast, and Twitter is Speedcaster. Talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.